The rich have always made the rules. Rules about tax savings, social security, required minimum distributions, financial do's and don'ts. But they don't tell you what those rules are. Because if you knew the rules, you could take advantage of them like the wealthy do. Where do you go to learn about these rules? And how do you take advantage of them for your benefit? Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. That's Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. This show is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions, Inc. and TFS Financial Insurance Services, an insurance-licensed-only financial firm. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income hey, strategy. To the show, the total financial hour. I'm Holly. Hey, thanks for staying with us this hour of the program. We continue where Brock Lurie left off. It's a great show, Brock. We appreciate you. Hey, folks, as we talk about your family's finances and how to get out of debt, manage money, plan for the future, what is it all about? When you're expecting, you're planning. In fact, probably part of the reason you chose your career was to have a pension. Right? Listen, back in the day, you said, I am going to, you know, I'm not going to work in the private sector. Yes, I could be paid more. Yes, I may even raise to to much greater prominence. However, plan B here is I am going to be somebody who gets pretty good benefits, a guarantee, right? You've heard me say, unless you punch your boss, you're not going to get fired. So, so how do you how do you have a life financially speaking when you've planned on a pension to come, and then all of a sudden, as Cal Pers said it, which is the California Public Employee Retirement System, Cal Pers, the entity that has billions, in fact, hundreds of billions of dollars. If you add all of the pension systems for the state of California, we're somewhere around. You know, the different ones, right? There's CalPERS, there's teachers. We're somewhere around $400 billion plus. It's a lot of money, guys. $400 billion. And yet, either because of mismanagement or overpromising or probably both, we have yet to stay what's called fully funded. Now, what does that mean, fully funded? What it means is that... If, if you have a pension system and they say, we expect you to live, right, there's 100 people, we expect half of them to live up to age 65, and then uh, you know, a quarter of them to live to 75, whatever their formula is, they have the numbers, they know. And instead, the pension system is about, eh, depends on, uh, on which one you're talking about. California t- State Teachers Pension System is around 65, 63, depending on who you ask, percent. That means if they owe you, $5,000 per month, it's going to be difficult to get that. You should receive or expect to receive, if they want the pension system to survive, 65% of $5,000. You guys, how many of you want to take a 35% pay cut? Let's just real use real numbers for a minute. A lot of my educators, teacher clients, good people, worked hard, got a master's degree, took special ed classes, uh, classes to be to become a special ed teacher, to do those kinds of things where they received a higher pay, higher benefit, because less people wanted to work those jobs. So their pension might be $5,000 a month. And instead it's going to be, well, it should be, if they're going to make it last, thirty two fifty per month. Who wants to take an $1,800 pay cut? If we want the pension system to survive, that's the numbers. So we need to think about this for a minute. 
That's just the Cal Sturs, California State teachers retiring. Now, listen, I don't think it's going to go belly up. I don't think it's just going to say, and the last check was written to Mrs. Smith, who was a wonderful third grade teacher, Brea, California. Here you go. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what will happen is kind of a phase in effect, meaning they're going to have to start cutting back benefits, stop the pay raises, uh, stop the increases, the cost of living, uh, probably cap, right? Put a maximum amount. If you have any kind of uh, uh, health care dollars, they're going to have to take that away. They're going to have to say, listen, we'll give you $500 a month or 300 a month or 1000 whatever their number is. We'll give you those dollars per month. That's it. Go buy your own health insurance. You see, if you have the ability to shop for things, suddenly the price comes down, doesn't it? If the government is the one who's doing the buying, eh, suddenly the price is higher. Can you say electric cars, solar, college tuition? I can go on and on. Whenever there is a subsidy, whenever the government says, we're going to pay this much, guess how much the cost of that thing just went up? This much, right? It isn't a secret, you guys. You should know better. Now, who gets wealthy on this deal? Well, the solar uh, companies, right? They're happy that there's a subsidy. The electric car companies, right? the Teslas and the, the Chevy Volts and the, the Nissan Leafs, they're happy, right? They get a few extra dollars. Now, you might say, oh, Arif, it, it's not even profitable to make the Nissan Leaf. They lose $100 every time one of them goes out the door. Well, then don't make them. If you can't find a way to make it at a higher cost, then don't make them. You wouldn't do that in normal business, right? We would sit around and say, hey, that's pretty foolish business. Why would you ever lose money on purpose? What are you, the government? <laughs> so why do? why is it all of a sudden okay for a private company to do it? Oh, I know. It's because the government is backing it up. So I need you guys to think about this for a second. All of those crazy schemes, all of this symbolism over substance, where we get into the financial world and we say, Let's vote for this new bond measure. You know what you're voting is to tax yourself. Now, listen, I'm not saying the legitimacy of teachers or police officers or firefighters and, and what they do. I absolutely think they deserve to receive a pension. I was a police officer for almost 11 years. Uh, listen, it is important to receive. I get it. But you can't say it on one side and then not deliver on the other. You tell people. If we want the best of this, this, then you're going to have to pay for it. Oh, you don't want to pay for it? Well, then I guess we don't receive it. Or your pension is going to be subject to cost of living increases of 1% or nothing. Right? Union pensions, guys, you know that union pensions, many of them don't even receive a cost of living increase. And we're starting to see the cracks. So I want you to prepare for that. Because if it happens... If it happens in a dramatic fashion, you won't be caught off guard. If it doesn't happen, I, I think if you're in your 70s, 80s, chances are that it's probably not going to affect you, right? Statistically speaking, your life expectancy, sorry guys, your life expectancy, they can account for that in the formula because this is all math, math and logic. That's why it's very troubling to me that every time I turn around, the politicians can't seem to find a calculator. Folks, it's on your phone. Just type in the search bar, calculator. It's not a difficult thing, my Democrat friends in the state. Right? Some of you guys don't understand that these folks, it, it is a political thing. Because somehow they believe that if they just magically cross their fingers, 
and really believe that it's going to that the math is going to work out. You guys, somebody has to fix this. And it isn't going to be, believe it or not, it isn't going to be the same people that messed it up. You have to get rid of those folks. From the governor on down. Right? Look at how much of a mess he left San Francisco. And now you guys have him as the governor. Right, look, look. I'm not saying the Republicans, you know, put together a, a good team of people at any time. But I am saying that something's wrong somewhere, guys, when, when you think that the best guy for the job is a near socialist who messed up one of the most beautiful cities in the country. And yet, at the same time, we say, well, don't worry. Because over time, the market always goes up. Well, does it? I guess. It depends on which time. If you're in the same position of trying to figure out why your family's broke, and yet you're doing that at a fancy restaurant, driving a car that you still owe lots of money on, wearing clothes that you still have to pay on your credit card, and you're sitting there with a watch or a diamond ring or a, or a necklace that still has time left in order to pay it off, and you can't figure out why you're broke, folks, stop, look, and listen. Remember those days? Because as voters are going to start answering questions, they're going to have to start going to the pension system. And they're going to say, so wait a second, California, you want me to pass another bond? Or City X, you want me to pass another bond? So that what? So you can keep messing up so nobody's going to hold you to account? On November 6th, more than 100 California counties and cities are asking voters, had asked voters, to increase sales tax, hotel tax, and other taxes to boost their general fund budgets. Why? Because money that was supposed to be spent for potholes and uh, hiring new police officers and firefighters and making sure the street lights work is now having to go pay for people that were supposed to pass away according to the charts. And yet those seniors, darn it, they're living to 74 years old. <laughs> uh, Right? Because, you know, the, the, the way they built these things, you were supposed to die at like 64 or 69 or whatever. You weren't supposed to live uh, under the today's uh, life expectancies. It's just not supposed to be. That's why Social Security was never changed. Oh, you could retire at 65. Oh, oh yes, it is, Arif. It's 67. Well, if you want the numbers to be correct, just take a look at how long, much longer people are living, the life expectancy from when they created Social Security to today. So, for example, if people are living 15 years longer, then you can't start collecting Social Security until whatever, 15 years plus 65 years age, would be age 80. Right? That's all it is. It's just a math problem. But who wants to tell seniors, sorry, you have to wait to collect Social Security. Nobody wants to do that. So they borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Right? You always hear me say, when you rob Peter to pay Paul, remember that? Whenever you rob Peter to pay Paul, you're always going to have Paul's support. Paul thinks it's a good idea. Yeah, take from those people to give to me. I'm voting for that. You're going to give me what? I'll take it. In fact, I think you should take two from them and give two to me. Instead of saying, well, how do I work harder? or How do I create a better system? Or how do I vote in people who are going to rip the Band-Aid off and help keep the system afloat? Because you understand that it will affect everybody, Republican, Democrat, rich, old, young, poor, it doesn't matter. Everybody will pay if it's not done correctly. And it has to be done soon 
because sooner is better than later. CalPERS just this last year took four cities and said, sorry, your pensions are dropping through the floor. Doesn't matter. So what do you mean? Well, CalPERS gets to go in, California Public Employee Retirement System, and they say, uh, City X, you are not paying enough. And they say, but you guys, the nine people that we have retired are sucking so much of our budget, we can't afford it. Tough. Then your pensions go down or you have to raise taxes or fire people. So a lot of people through the process are going to get uh, start getting into it, be impacted. Now who? It's going to be the smaller cities, the ones with a single-digit revenue source, you know, two or three or four sources, property taxes, uh, uh, fees for the 4th of July parade, whatever. They're, that, they're going to have a few sources of revenue. They're the ones that will be impacted first. Now, for some of you that say, well, good thing I have a company pension, let me share with you, a defense contractor. Now, this isn't everybody, right? This isn't every city. There are some cities that are healthy, some that are fine. The problem is there's just fewer and fewer of them. And when you have the entire California pension retirement system upside down, it affects everybody. Here's the government, here's the uh, uh, city pensions, county government. But what about public employees or private employees? What's the difference? A private employee, every time you work, let's say, let's say you, uh, you work for a manufacturer and they take $40 an hour, they're going to take $1.50 and it goes into a bucket and it pays for your pension 18 years from now. So for every hour you work, it's kind of how it breaks down, the formula, they put money off to the side and that pays your pension. Now, in the pension world, there are three things, both in the city, state, county, and private pension, three things that make that pension dollars go up. Number one is the contributions from the employees that are still working. So while you're working, they take a dollar, dollar fifty. it goes into that bucket. Okay, so that's one way it goes up. The second way that it goes up is the money that's been there for years and years is earning interest, has gains, has some growth. So that's the second way. They're hoping that those dollars are growing. The third way is the employer. So whatever's left in the system, oh, looks like we're short 22%, bring us $5 million. Well, the employer writes a check for $5 million. Now, if the employer makes airplanes or trash trucks or they make computers, if they make stuff like that, they take those dollars and they spread it out to their products, their goods, their services, and they say, now today we're going to charge a little bit more money because we had to put, put some of our top-line profit off to the side. Okay, that's important you know that. Because if it's a city, county, state, what happens? They don't get to make money. The federal government can print money. But that causes inflation, right? Too many more dollars out there. So all of a sudden you have the city, county, state says, we have to write a check for how much? Well, yes, that's the negotiations. That's the contract. That's the law. So they write a check. And now they turn to the right and they say, uh, in order for us to raise taxes, we're going to have to get a vote. And that vote isn't due for four more months. In order for us to raise taxes, we're going to have to pull money from one place and put it into another. Can you say LA Unified School District? Listen, I, I think they deserve everything. Take a look at the administrators. Right? That's been the age-old problem. How much are these administrators making? 
What are their benefits? How many take-home cars do they get? Now, you tell me, you tell me why everybody else in the world who works has to drive their own car to work and back. Well, Eric, they have, they have uh, company meetings. Well, you know what? You put in your tax return and you say, I have mileage, and you document it, and you get a tax break just like I do and everybody else. But for some reasons, the millions of dollars that are spent with school district employees' car allowances. And we have a local uh, community college district where the chancellor is making much more money than just about any other community. Did, did you hear me say community college? Yeah, two-year school, community college. 40, uh, 35, 40,000 a month. I haven't kept up. I want to say it's close to, to $40,000 a month. A month, 10000 a week. Oh, oh that, that may not include the car allowance. Don't forget. Oh, oh and, and we have to give her, uh, you know, listen, she's going to need a housing allowance because her primary residence is 35 miles, or no, sorry, 75 miles away. So we have to take care. Right, you understand how suddenly when you get into these government jobs, you think you deserve stuff. And it's everybody else's problem to make sure you get taken care of. Well, look, when we have a whole bucket of money, fine if you want to do that. That's your own deal. But when you're going to be taking from the, the average everyday worker, from the janitor, from the secretary, from the person who gave up another career so that they can work here, and all they're asking for is half of their pension, I mean a half of their paycheck to be in their pension, or two-thirds, you, you guys, something is wrong with the system when suddenly the people that are making the decisions are getting all the money and they're taking it from you. And it's not a left or a right thing. I promise you, most of those administrators are going to be all Democrat anyway, just the way it is. So where do you think your family and your friends, right, where do you think your family and friends are going to retire? Without the benefit, without the job, without the government, where? Well, they're probably going to have to go find a less tax place. But where is it that most people can afford to retire that live uh, on a pension? Well, look, it's not going to be in California, certainly not Southern California. When I started in practice 23 years ago, I would sit down with clients and I'd say, okay, so where, what are your retirement plans? Where, does it, where is it you want to live? They said, well, Arif, you know, my daughter got a job in Seattle and she has our only grandchild. Or my son is, is working in Austin, Texas, so we're going to move. Okay. One or two out of ten, that was about it. Today, <laughs> today, it's one out of three, usually one out of two. In fact, I had a run two weeks ago where every single person that came in the office that was retiring, 100% of them were retiring outside of, of California. And where are they going? Well, they're going to, to Nevada, certainly various parts of Texas, Florida, Arizona, some to Portland and Colorado and Idaho, Washington State, one to Hawaii, which is a higher tax, but these folks made pretty good money. They did all right. But you notice none of them are saying, at least during that, that run, none of them are saying, and I'm going to stay here. So what is California doing? Because it's so overtaxed and it has people that are leaving. Instead of saying, whoop, hold on. Let's make this a better place to be. We're going to compete. They're doing what New York does. 
If you are of any sort of income, net worth or income, and you're going to be leaving the state of California, bam, instant audit. That's right. They're going to try to blackmail, extort. They're going to do everything they can to get money out of you before you leave. So what does that do? That pushes people out of the state before they start becoming some of that high net worth folks. Because now they're saying, oh man, I don't want a bullseye on my back. Nobody wants to pay thousands of dollars to have a CPA represent them and then at the end have it come out. Because about half of the ones from New York came out as filed. Meaning, ah, yep, you were right. We harassed you and made you pay fees to your accountant for no reason. Thank you for coming. Right? So part of this is the opportunity for you to have, I don't know, choices. And while you're still here, you need to, in my opinion, take notice of this. Because even if you are somebody that is not receiving a pension and you say, it doesn't really matter to me. Do you own property in California? Here's my opinion again. I think the only way that they can fix this mess is to tax your property, including Prop 13 property. That means if you think that you have Prop 13 property taxes protected, you are right. Absolutely. But then there's going to be an assessment fee, which is the same thing. I mean, right? Car registration and then a licensing fee. What's the difference? Well, one goes into the governor's left pocket and one in his right pocket. One goes to help his political friends in this pocket and one goes to help his union friends in that pocket. What's the difference? It's not really a lot. So I I share this with you because I think you need to start maxing out and maximizing your own retirement accounts. What is right at your fingertips? Probably going to be your 401ks. Now, if you work for a for-profit company, it's called a 401k. If you work for a, a school district or a hospital or a research facility, what is yours called? A 403b. If you work for a city, county, state, it's called a 457. So it doesn't matter what your employer is. There's usually a plan for everybody. It just has a different title. It used to be they were very different, different rules, different responsibilities. Today, those are all kind of merging together, and and there's not going to be much of a difference anymore. So keep this in mind. This is important as you start to plan. You might have two or three jobs still in the rest of your career. You can roll those together. You can put those into your own tr- traditional IRA. But whatever you do, don't take them as, ch- as a check. Because if you're prior to age 59 and a half, folks, you will pay a penalty. In some cases, man- uh, mandatory taxes. So plan it out. Say, hey, you know what? I'm ready to take some of this 401k money. How do, I, how do you increase it? Number one, I want you to do this. Every time you get a pay raise, yesterday you lived without the money. Tomorrow you live without it, just put it in your retirement account. Another option is, hey, I work a little bit of overtime, I work a little bit extra. Okay, great, take that extra money every month and put it in your retirement account. Now, if you can't be that nimble, if you can't turn on a dime, because sometimes it says, oh, if it's not in by this date, we don't get to include it, no problem, then you take it and you put it in your own retirement account. Whether it's a traditional IRA, whether it's a Roth, Right, the, either one of those. I just want you to start moving. We can steer a car that's moving. You can't steer a car that's that's sitting still, right? Even if you're going 180 degrees the wrong direction, eventually I can get you back on track. And that means as a 401k plan, as you're starting to put things into place, it is your family's finances. This is real, guys. I get it. We have to make dinner tonight. We have to do the laundry tomorrow. I understand this. 
But this is a problem that will come slowly, 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 and then all of a sudden, just like bankruptcy. Right? Some rules were changed recently that allow bankruptcies or basically insolvency. You can call it whatever you want, like the difference between a registration fee and a licensing fee. But it allows state and county agencies to go through and say, well, you know what? We're renegotiating the contract that we said we gave you. And that contract that they said they gave you, and surprise, we're making some changes. From July, uh, from June to June of last year, the pension plan had a great time. Great year. Lots of money. It made 8.6. And then the rest of the year, it lost all the gains. And then some that it made the previous year. So this roller coaster of trying to say, oh, I'm on track. We're up or down. We're up. I think you, you need to say, look, your family's finances are much more important than a political game of whatever these folks in Washington or Sacramento are trying to play. And I just believe that enough people are not caring, right? Because it's just, it's not an urgent crisis. Yes, people are a little bit better off. No problem. People's 401k balances are at all-time highs. Great. Great. You went from being able to live for 18 months to now being able to live for 24 months. What about your family's finances beyond that? You want to stay retired in your 60s and your 70s until you pass away in your 80s and 90s. Right? I don't want you to just say, hey, uh, I, I have enough money to live for, for how long? 26 months? So we have to plan and we have to think properly. When we come back, I'm going to get into some other ideas, including, hey, look, some of the mistakes you make when you lease a car, a lot of retirees are saying, you know what? I'm going to lease a car. Let me see if I can help you avoid some of those mistakes. We have some of that as well. And folks, one of the most important things that, I, that you need to worry about is how to save for retirement under your current budget. <sighs> We might have that for you when we come back. On the Total Financial Hour, I'm Arif Hallaby. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, listen, give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847 if you have any questions. We'll be right back after two minutes. Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arif Halaby. TFS, Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions brings you this show. You can give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE, the total financial hour. Okay, how do we maximize your 401k in 2019. Well, first of all, remember that it's an employer-sponsored plan. Now, what does that mean? It means you can't just say, you can't go to the bank and say, I want to open up a 401k. It has to be your employer who sponsors it. They set it up. Based on the size of your employer, your employer at your uh, sets up the rules. In other words, let's say you're a six-person company and two make a lot of money, you know, three, 400,000, and three, four make very little money, 20, 30, 40,000. How do you do it? Well, they don't get to put the same amount of dollars into the retirement account. There's some rules in order to make that happen. So ask your HR director, how much can I put in? Traditionally, the maximum, if it's a traditionally large company and all of that, you're looking at depending on the size of your company, 18, 19,000. It could be as much as 24, 25,000. So just check with your HR director. Okay. Now, one of the ways that I want you to do this and what's important is remembering that this is pre-tax money before you even see it. I mentioned as we were going into the break, every time you get a pay raise, 
take that same dollar and put it into your retirement account. Most 401k plans now have a little provision that allows you to step it up every single year. In other words, you're allowed to increase it by 1% a year. So you can start with a little less pain, whatever the matching is. So if your company says, we match 50% of six, that means they're going to give you three, right? Half of 6% is three. But in order to get that three, you have to put in six of your own. So you need to put in whatever that second number is. They might say, we give you 100% of six. Okay, well, then you have to put in six in order to get it. Sometimes they'll say 50% of eight. As companies take away the, the, the pensions or they freeze them, because we're seeing that happen more and more, they get pretty generous the first go around so that you don't complain. They don't, you don't whine. You don't say anything. They just say, oh, you know what? Yeah, we're going to give you 100% of eight. You're like, oh, this is cool, right? And you're a millennial anyway. So you're like, I get to buy what? A new skateboard? No. <laughs> you're going to say, you're going to think this is cool. So you, you, you sign up for it. And then next year they say, oh, you know, times were tough. I, did I say eight? I meant seven. Seven is what it is. But don't worry. We're going to give you an extra vacation day. You're like, oh, time off. I'm about experiences and about me. So then you take the time off and eventually you're going to get right back down to six because that's the number that they're comfortable with. That's what my, my experience has been. I've seen it time and again where I go, hey, how about that? Imagine that. It's like a rubber band and it just gets right back to where it belongs. So you need to put in money or you're going to get nothing. We had an L.A. County uh, sheriff as a client years ago. And if he didn't open up the, the deferred compensation plan, if he didn't sign up, then he didn't get the match. I think it was $400 a month, if I remember right. So for seven or eight years, he never put in, he never opened it. You have to just open it. Just sign name, address, nothing. Put in a dollar. And he didn't. So every month for seven or eight years, $400 a month stayed in the county's pockets. Now you can imagine after 10 minutes of meeting with me what he did the next day, right? So, Today, those plans are a bit more forced, meaning when you sign up to work at the company or the, the, the agency and it's more than 50 employees, they, some of them have a requirement you have to sign up. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you do. You've got to put in 1% or 2%. The federal government's working on making it law that all employers have to put. It's like Italy. You know, it's like, right? Let's emulate countries that are really bad or going bankrupt or, or broke. Oh, I know. Let's be like Portugal. All employers have to put into your retirement account. Okay, so let's talk about this, guys. You all finished eighth grade math. If there's 100% of the pie, do you think the employer will take from his or her pocket and go, gosh darn it, those government workers, gosh darn it, those uh, you, you know, uh, politicians, I guess I'm going to make less money. Or do you think they will just pay you less? Because they've budgeted. This job pays a certain dollar figure. That's it. You can be my brother-in-law. You can be my cousin. You can be my wife. It doesn't matter. The job pays a certain amount of money. If you can do the job, you get paid. Don't do the job, you don't get paid. It's not a secret. So if the job pays a certain amount of money and they're going to require retirement planning, then you will be paid less. Well, why don't you just start putting money in yourself anyway? If it's coming from your own pocket, they're going to take it from your left pocket or your right pocket, put in more money. Because you guys, these plans are yours. Now, the matching, there's three different ways to do a matching plan. Number one, immediate vesting. Our plan at work says 3% we put in, 
It's immediate vesting. It's called a safe harbor plan. That means when you open up a plan, day one, I put in money as an employer. You walk away day three, that's your money. Second is a, uh, what's called a three-year waterfall vesting. Now that means nothing is vested year one, nothing is vested year two, and year three, it's like a waterfall, 100%, bam. The end of year three, all of the money is yours. And they do that a lot with companies where you, uh, you see a lot of turnover, restaurants, uh, retail outlets, people coming and going, because the company doesn't want to give you money and have you walk the next day. Right. So so how do they do it? They usually do it by saying, uh, look, you got to stay with me at least three years and three minutes, because by that time they've known that the, the folks that stay are going to be here for a while. All right. What is the, the third one? It's called a five year vesting. And what that means is it's 20 percent per year of the employer and the matching uh, interest that is paid. So 20 percent, 40, 60, 80, 100. Simple. You have to stay there five years and five minutes. Then 100% of the money that's in there that you put in is yours always. But 100% of the employer and the, the, the percentage, right, the gain, that's yours. All right. So there's those three different ways. You can start putting money aside by maximizing it by simply doing one thing. If you don't take advantage of the benefits, you get nothing. So you have to open the account. Open it. Eric, where should I invest? You know, small company, large company, bonds, stocks. Well, you need to check with your financial advisor. Somebody that can legally advise you. And this is what we're seeing. Right? I've always told you guys in, in 15 years of radio, I've mentioned this to you. I don't know how many times, but I'm going to say it again. You need to have professionals, experts, people that know what they're talking about. I don't care what you legally have to call them. If I go get my brakes done by a guy who's been doing it for 23 years, and that's all he's been doing, I'm going to probably call him an expert. Now, he might do the, ah, shucks, and kind of kick his foot in the dust and nod his head a little bit. And, well, I, I, I don't know if you're going to call me an expert. Dude, you've been fixing brakes for 23 years. I'm calling you an expert. Maybe the State Department of Brake Fixers won't allow me to call you an expert, but I'm thinking you're probably pretty darn good. You got a house. You still got a paycheck. Your business is still here. You're probably an expert. So it isn't just the title. I need you to work with people who have done this before for a while. Don't let them practice on you. Don't let them say, well, you're right. How about that? Right? You see that commercial? Hey, are you the best tattoo artist? I'm one of them. You're going you're gonna to like this. You mean I'm going to love it? Well, you're going to think it's okay. Right? This is a permanent thing. Your retirement and tattoos, these are permanent things. Make sure you have an expert. Another part that I think is key is as you're sitting down with a financial professional or a financial advisor, ask them, you know, what is it that, that you see for the future? Because a lot of folks today are talking about this year being a pretty bad year, maybe next year, the next 12 to 24 months. We're expecting big recession, big stock market collapse. Everybody has a different take on what it's going to be. But a lot of us, from a commentary standpoint, can't figure out why is the market up, right? We still have issues with China. Is it just that new dollars are coming in? Right? You understand that in order to, to buy and sell shares, if you say sell it, somebody has to be there on the other side to buy it. And if nobody's putting money into the market, 
then nobody's going to buy your shares at the price you want to until the price goes down and somebody says, okay, I'll take it for that price. Right? It's just a normal supply and demand, Econ 101. So in an economic standpoint, you don't want to be the last person holding the bag when it comes to believing or thinking that the politicians... Listen, uh, I say it this way. Yeah, my lawyers are like, well, Eric, you know, I don't know if you can really say it this way. So I'm going to say it this way, and then, you, and then I'm going to give a, a maybe, right? So what I'm going to say is maybe. But I believe there's a 100% chance that the California pension system has to change. It will not be. It cannot be. There is no money. There's just the, to make it work. They can't do everything that it's promised you. It's not me saying that. It's who? Oh, well, uh, here you go. Let me, let me give the, the people with better names and titles than I have. Uh, the pens- 2018 pension survey from CalPERS itself. Oh, wait. They're telling you that they have about 60 or 70% of the folks are actually on track. Those are, the, those are the only dollars that they have, 60 to 70%. Now, there are some city organizations that are a little bit better or even a lot better, 85 It still means you're not going to get all of your money. You'll only get 85% of your money. Or how about an organization? This is a pretty good one. It's called uh, the Bond Buyer, right? And it quotes the California pension, uh, public employee pension system again. Imagine that. So it's not me telling you this. It's them. And they're pretty tough guys. They'll walk along and, and they cut a pension. They cut pensions for people all the time. Their job is a fiduciary responsibility to make sure the rest of the system stays in place. So the little city up in Northern California, when they didn't want to pay the contribution that was required to keep, uh, I think it was a librarian, if I'm not mistaken, to keep her pension up. And she was in her 70s and had been retired for quite some time. They said, oh, your pension goes from about 4000 down to 1700 Oh, your city doesn't want to come and write a check for the $3 million? Well, then you, you, you don't get 4000 anymore. Now, I mentioned to you about a private pension, a private employer, a defense contractor, one of the big ones. A man comes to my office about a year and a half ago, Eric, if I'm retiring, uh, they're going to give me a cash buyout. It was approximately $900,000. Or I get 7500 a month for the rest of my life. He says, can any of your fixed guaranteed products right? The, the fixed annuities or fixed indexed annuities guaranteed by the insurance companies. Can any of those beat this number? I said, well, let me take a look. So I grab my trusty little calculator. I do the math. I go, you know what? This is a pretty darn good number. I would, I take the 7,500, but, but this is your money, not mine. What do you think? He says, you know, that's what I was thinking. I'm going to take the 7,500. Great. So we help him with his 401k plan, maybe half a million dollars. He takes the 900,000, forfeits it, for a $7,500 pension, moves out of state to a tax-free state. As he moves to a tax-free state, 11 months later, he gets a letter in the mail. It says, hey, 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 you know, hey, we're sorry about that. You know, those fat fingers, we're so sorry. Um, it's not really $7,500 a month. It's 5000 a month. And so because it's 5000 a month and we've overpaid you by $2,500, you're going to have to pay us back. So starting next month, your check will now be not 5000 because you're going to have to pay us back 2500 It's 2500 a month for 11 months. P.S. Did I say we were sorry? All right? I mean, you get it? 
They type it. They make their hourly wage. They get done at 501 because they got to catch the train because they get, you know, $50 per paycheck reimbursement to right, right by the government. So it offsets the cost. And they get on their little plane, their train. They get home to their government subsidized parking. And they get their, you know, 75 vacation days a year. And they write you a letter that say, ah. Oh, we're so sorry. We were so close, but we were off by, oh, $2,500. So he sends this to me. Of course, you know I'm being facetious, right? Sends this to me and he goes, hey, Arif, what do you think about this? Oh, man, I've never heard of this before. It's a private company. Usually companies say, sorry, you get nothing, right? TWA. <laughs> Although we did have United Airlines pilots once. He was earning over 10000 a month as a pilot, and it went down to 4100 something like that. Said, sorry, the pilot strike. Sorry. They're going to file bankruptcy. What do you want to do? The United Airlines says, either bankruptcy judge or take this or leave it. What do you want to do? They said, oh, we'll take the known. So this particular defense contractor, same thing. Big manufacturing company. Sorry. I said, well, but I, you know, I never heard this. So, so we made some phone calls, and you know what? He's right. So it can happen to any organization. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation does give a floor, does give a guarantee, a minimum. It's basically insurance. Your pension, most pensions, probably bought insurance. It says, we promise you $5,000 a month, but if all heck breaks loose and it doesn't go well, we're going to give you a certain amount, $1,500, $3,500, whatever the number is. So we're going to give you something. That's important because you need to find out how much of an insurance policy, if you will, do I have under my plan and for how long. Sometimes they will give you that number for six months, for two years, forever. It just depends. So I don't think they're going to just disappear. I've mentioned that to you before. I think what they'll do is they'll either stop the, the cost of living increases. They're going to have to raise taxes on the products or services, or if it's a county or a city, they're going to have to raise taxes on the people. They're going to have to probably cut back and say, listen, we're going to give you, you know, I don't know. If I was king for a day, what would I do? Well, first of all, I'd get all the really smart people in a room. And I'd say, gentlemen, ladies, grab your computers and your calculators. Tell me what is it going to take for this to last for 200 years? And then I'd have them go to town. They'd say, well, Arif, you know, we're going to have to give them a little less money up front. What they might do. Right? Maybe they say, listen, we're going to take some money off the top, we're going to put it into a bucket, and we're going to pay you back in five years. And we're going to guarantee you 5% interest. Right? I don't know, something like that. So I know you were supposed to get 5000 a month, but we're going to give you 4000 We're going to put 1000 into a bucket off to the side, and in five years, you're going to have that money plus interest. Now, you might say, well, I want to live. They go, well, that's okay. If you pass away, your family gets that money. And if you live, we're just going to start dripping it back into your, your paycheck. So you'll go back up. I think they're going to need to do something like that. I don't know what the numbers are, what the formulas. That's what the smart people will do. But you're going to have to sit down and realize that eventually they're going to have to make changes. Now, maybe not for you. Right? You say, well, Eric, that's interesting. Like I was speaking to a group of teachers and how many of you, <clears throat> it was kind of funny, how many of you were were a student were a student teacher and were taught by somebody else you know you were you sat in a classroom of course everybody raises their hand you remember that yeah yeah 
Uh, what was the age difference between you and her or you and him? Oh, 10 years, four years, eight years, whatever. Okay, so now imagine, fast forward, not you, but somebody. They're now a 36-year-old single mother of three. And the student-teacher relationship she had, she's still friends with that lady. How's everything going? But she's now 65 and retired. And she did well. Money in her 403B. They bought an apartment building. They sold it. They have some money. Their life is good. And that teacher is now on Facebook. She learned social media. Man, oh man. And she starts taking pictures and posting it on Instagram. Look at me in Fiji. Look at me. I'm swimming with the dolphins. And you just get a letter in the mail the same minute that you're watching those. And you go, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, Mrs. Johnson, she's doing wonderful. Oh, that's great. Oh, she looks so healthy. Oh, that's happy. And you get a letter in the mail that says, Dear union employee, district employee, we're so sorry, but we're going to have to raise, to keep this pension alive, we're going to have to raise your withholdings. You have to put in an additional $150 every two weeks. Do you not think there's going to be class warfare? Do you not think there's going to be two people that say, whoa, 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 I am a single mom of three kids with a deadbeat husband. She did well financially. She's off to the, in the sunset. Why is it that I have to pay $300 more a month? That's, that means my kids don't, oh, I don't know. We don't get to go to Disneyland. We don't get to go to Magic Mountain. We don't get to take vacations because that's $3,600 a year. That means that I have to wait to buy a new car so that she can have eight vacations a year instead of seven. Folks, I think there's going to be a problem. Now, maybe you're wrong, Arif. I'm happy to be wrong. Love it. Love it. But you can take out educators and you can put in firefighters. You can take out educators and you can put in Department of Water and Power. Take out Water and Power and put in police officers or sanitation workers or county employees that work for the prison system. State employees, right? I mean, you can, it doesn't matter. You just mix and match because it can affect everybody. Save, plan, stay out of debt. Right? I mentioned to you buying or leasing a car. Be very careful. Let me give you some mistakes to avoid when you're leasing a car. I like nice cars. Everybody does. right? But be careful you don't pay too much up front. Car dealers advertise low monthly lease payments, but if this is one of the costs and it's a, it's a long-term lease, four years, and in the middle of that they change your pay or they cut it back or there's inflation and you can't afford this, be very careful. The thousands of dollars that you get at the beginning it's supposed to get you a lower payment, but usually it's, well, in many cases, it's the profit. All right, so don't put any more than maybe $2,000 down in advance. All right, that's kind of my rule of thumb. Don't forget gap insurance. All right, what is gap insurance? The day you drive the car off the lot, it's worth a lot less than it is if you needed to buy a new one, right? It drops substantially in value. The gap, the difference between those two, you have to have insurance. I had a friend, this sounds almost not real, but he had a new car. It was a fancy sports car. He drove it off the lot, and as he pulled out into the street, he got hit. And eight weeks later, it was in the, sh for, it was in the shop for eight weeks because his front tires were on the city street. It was his car. So he had to write checks because it wasn't worth that. So the insurance had to pay. Don't total it. Okay, fine. Finally, at the end, he just had to pay the deductible, but... Make sure you know the difference between the gap, uh, you know, which is what you pay for it, what you owe, and what it's worth. All right? 
Usually today, a lot of good car leases include it. So there's another 30 or $50 or whatever it is uh, as a cost, and it includes it. So make sure you sign up for that, Gap Insurance. If you're a retiree, keep in mind that you're buying a car that has three or five year, whatever you know, term. You're not getting any younger. Your back, your knees, your hip. So if you're getting a sports car and you have to step down into it or, or four-wheel drive or a higher than normal SUV, you have to step into it. So make sure that if you or maybe your spouse is a little older and right now it's difficult for your husband or your wife to get into the passenger seat, have a car that can go through all of the, the seasons of life going forward. Don't just think about tomorrow. All right? What about this? Don't underestimate the miles. Now, if you have a plan at the end of the lease to just buy the car, then the miles are irrelevant. I'm going to buy the car. I don't care what the, I just want a low payment. I just want to get into it with very little money down. I plan on writing a check. I'm going to sell this. I'm going to uh, sell my rental property. I'm going to cash out my, my investments. So in three years, I'm just going to write a check anyway. Okay, then the miles are irrelevant. But if you plan on giving it back and rotating the car back and then getting another new one, another new one every two or three years, then the miles are going to be an important factor in the value. How much does it cost? Right? What's the value? And miles can eat up. It goes uh, wear and tear. It's a function of that number. Okay, what about the basic maintenance of the car? You have to maintain it. You have to maintain the, the basic maintenance. My opinion is if you're going to lease a car, I like there's one great model that has a three-year bumper-to-bumper. So guess how long I want the lease to be? No more than three years. Because if everything, I think it's except oil changes maybe or tires, but it's almost everything. You walk into the dealership, they fix it, they repair it, off to the races you go. Oil pump, fuel pump, it doesn't matter. All of those things are covered for the length of the lease. So it doesn't cost you anything. And negotiate in there at the beginning that if you were going to get uh, turn in the, the, the car for maintenance, for the regular scheduled maintenance, negotiate in there that you get a rental car, a lease car. Put it in the contract. You know, I can't go without my car. Maybe you have two or three cars, but I can't just say, oh, I, I need a car. Well, you know, well give us two days. Well, what am I going to do, sit in your lobby? So we have to have something to do. So ask them to get a loaner car. Okay, you can put that in the deal. And remember, I mentioned to you staying within a, a two or three year, four year, stay within the period of time. I don't like any more than three years, 36,000 miles. If you're going to lease because it's time for you to buy a new car, the kids have grown, you've paid off the bills, life is good, and it's just time to enjoy something nice, then it's okay. If you've budgeted a, a payment of 400 or $300 or $600 a month, and you've budgeted that payment, stay within the parameters. No more than two or three years. Stay within the 36,000 miles, whatever it might be of the warranty. And every couple of years, you get to drive a new car. That's kind of fun, isn't it? I think it's time to treat yourself. But you plan and you prepare and play a little bit of defense. Now is a defense time when it comes to pensions. Let's see what happens in the next 24 months. Let's see if California gets the handle on what it's supposed to. If it does, you might be all right. Hey, guys, thanks for being with me. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. All week long, that works at the office. My staff is there. We'll take a message or you can talk with me directly. Whatever I can do for you. It's been my pleasure being with you this morning. Have a wonderful week. Be safe. God bless you and have a great, great night. 
This show is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions, Inc. and TFS Financial Insurance Services, an insurance-licensed only financial firm. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.